Words for Granted is supported by Yabla, language immersion through authentic programming in the language you want to learn. Yabla features modern television, film, and original content by native speakers of Spanish, French, Italian, English, German, and Chinese. Yabla's premier language learning video platform enhances conversational understanding by utilizing custom playback, subtitles, flashcards, and learning games such as Yabla's patented dictation game, Scribe. Stream authentic shows you enjoy and learn at the same time. Try Yabla risk-free for 15 days by going to yabla.com WFG. That's yabla.com WFG. Hey everyone, I'm Ray Belli, and this is Words for Granted, a podcast that looks at how words change over time. Let's get on to today's episode, part two in a series on idioms. I have a personal backstory that made researching this episode especially fun and meaningful. When I was in eighth grade, I became friends with one of my classmates named Olek. Olek had come to America from Poland, and when he first arrived at my school, he mainly hung around with the other Polish-American immigrants in town. This gave him not only the familiarity of his native culture, but also the familiarity of his native language. I was one of Olek's first non-Polish friends, probably because, both then and now, I liked talking about language and was interested in hearing, in his own words, what it was like to be immersed in a completely foreign language with no previous exposure to it. By 10th grade, Olek was basically fluent in English, because he's a genius, and after that point, our topics of conversation shifted to more ordinary high school things. But then, one day, we were in class, and I don't remember what class, but we were in class, and the teacher said, blah, 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 and I'm really caught in a pickle. Olek turned to me with a disturbed look of confusion, and at first I had no idea why. I clearly remember his face, and it was very disturbed. After class, he said to me, What the f*** does caught in a pickle mean? After completely cracking up, not at him, but with him, I explained that being in a pickle is being in a difficult situation. It's being in a predicament. Oleg said that it was the most ridiculous thing that he'd ever heard, and out of all the grammatical, spelling, and idiomatic things about English that don't make any sense, this, to be caught in a pickle, made the least sense. And taking the idiom at face value, he's kind of right. This episode in my life happened long before I was interested in etymology, probably before I even knew what etymology was, so it didn't occur to me then to look up where the phrase came from. Many years later, here we are together, investigating this oddity. This one's for you, Olek. Let's dive in. A good place to start is with the etymology of pickle itself. Pickle first appears in the English written record during the 15th century as a borrowing of the Dutch word pickle. The ultimate origin of pickle is unknown, and although there are medieval cognates of 
Pekel in German and Frisian. Due to the word's limited distribution within the Germanic languages, it's likely that Pekel is not of Proto-Germanic descent, suggesting that the Dutch iteration of the word is probably the earliest traceable source of these medieval cognates. Klein's etymological dictionary suggests that the word may derive from the name of a Dutch fisherman who developed a popular style of pickling, but I find this unlikely. Conversely, the OED suggests that pekel is a modification of another medieval Dutch word, peken, which meant pointed or something sharp. If we trace peken all the way back to Proto-Indo-European, it's ultimately cognate with the English words pick and peck. Based on semantics, it's a reasonable etymology since pickles have a sharp, acidic flavor, but since no etymological sources offer a definitive answer that's widely agreed upon, we're going to file pekel under ultimate etymology unknown. So did this Dutch word pekel simply mean pickle? Not exactly. In Dutch, Pekel originally referred to, and still refers to, the brine or salty water in which pickled foods are soaked. According to some English dictionaries, this sense of pickle, as in brine, still exists, but that seems like an obscure sense of the word to me. Much more universally, pickle as a noun refers to a food that has been soaked in brine, not the brine itself. In North America, Pickle, as a noun, specifically refers to a pickled cucumber. As an American English speaker, for me, the connection between the word pickle and a pickled cucumber is inextricable. To say pickled cucumber seems totally redundant because the pickled cucumber itself is called a pickle, but in reality, the synonymy of the word pickle with pickled cucumber is not pervasive in all varieties of English. In British English, the American pickle is called a gherkin, or just a pickled cucumber. The last time I was in the UK, I seem to remember pickle being used to describe what we here in America would call relish. Similarly, I have Indian friends who, in Indian English, refer to pickled mangoes as pickles and American pickles as pickled cucumbers. The former is a reflection of culinary norms in India, and the latter is a reflection of the inheritance of British linguistic sensibilities. By the way, for you non-American listeners, the word gherkin isn't entirely unknown to Americans, but I think that we tend to think of it as an alternative word for pickle, perhaps a more technical term. It's a word we'd recognize in writing, but would never say aloud. Gherkin, by the way, derives from our gherkin, the Dutch word for pickled cucumber, which ultimately may have Greek origins. The etymological unrelatedness between pickle and gherkin in Dutch, which is the source language of both words, shows that there's no historically inherent connection between these two words. It's unclear to me how the pickled cucumber claimed the word pickle for itself in American English. Surprisingly, I didn't find much written about this subject over the course of my research. From what I can tell, by the 19th century, cucumbers had become the most popular pickled fruit in America, so the generic term pickle became a simple designation for them. 
American pickles are a staple of Jewish American cuisine, and the rise in popularity of the term pickle for pickled cucumbers coincides with the immigration of Ashkenazi Jews from Eastern Europe to America. I suspect a direct connection, but due to the lack of available literature, I can't really dive deeper into the matter. In American English, we designate pickled foods that aren't cucumbers with the adjective pickled, as in pickled ginger or pickled onions. While researching this episode, I reached out to my Twitter followers with the following post. Quote, Good morning, non-English speakers. In your language, is there a connection between pickled cucumbers, aka American pickles, and the generic word for pickled foods, or is the word for pickled cucumbers an unrelated word unto itself? End quote. To my surprise, it attracted something like 40 comments generating a lot of cross-linguistic discussion about pickles. If you don't already follow me, find me at at Words for Granted, and you can join the conversation there. As I expected, non-English languages don't share this inherent connection between the word for pickled cucumbers and the generic word for pickled foods. Anyway, when pickle was first borrowed into English, it referred to a vinegar-based sauce, not to brine, and not to pickled foods. Its first appearance in the written record occurs in the anonymous 15th century Middle English poem Morte Arthuri in a passage describing the diet of a mythical giant. In a modern English translation, quote, He sups all this season on seven knavish children, chopped in a bowl of chalk-white silver, with pickle and powder of precious spices. End quote. Again, pickle which in this passage is originally spelled pakel, referred to a sauce here. By the early 16th century, pickle had come to refer to brine, as in this quote from a chronicle of London merchants. Quote, to make a piggle to keep fresh sturgeon in. End quote. Apparently, piggle was an early variant pronunciation of the word. It wasn't until the very end of the 17th century that pickle had acquired its most ubiquitous sense, that is, a food, cucumber or otherwise, that has been soaked in brine or an acidic solution. This chronology may explain why the meaning of the idiom, in a pickle, isn't immediately clear to us, as the idiom first emerged in the mid-16th century before the word pickle referred to pickled food items. Quick side note about the topic of idioms at large. Because idioms comprise multiple words in a predictable order, idioms tend to resist language change, even as the meaning, morphology, or any of the other characteristics of the words within the idiom change in the language outside of the idiom. This preservation of archaic linguistic forms is called linguistic fossilization, and for more on that subject, check out the last episode I released, which was a general overview of idioms. Now that we've discussed the etymology of pickle, we're ready to look at the idiom in a pickle itself. But first, a quick word from today's sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Yabla. Yamla is an online language learning platform that uses video content in conjunction with additional tools like flashcards, games, informative articles, and more to help you get on track to fluency. Yamla's video library contains over 1,000 videos for each of the languages it offers – Chinese, Italian, Spanish, French, German, and English. 
For the past few weeks, I've been using Yabla to brush up on my Spanish, which admittedly isn't great, but I'm remembering a lot of what I've forgotten over the years while also internalizing new words, expressions, and grammar. You can watch videos with bilingual subtitles, English-only subtitles, or no subtitles at all. You can toggle the subtitles on and off mid-video, and each word in the subtitles is hyperlinked to a bilingual dictionary so you can look up new words with one click. You can download full transcripts of the videos you watch, leave comments, view others' comments. The list of features goes on and on. I particularly like their catalog of articles about everything ranging from grammar usage to, yes, idioms. These articles usually have accompanying videos and audio clips demonstrating the discussion topic so you can get an authentic sense of the whys, whats, and hows of everyday speech. The best way to see what Yabla has to offer is to try it yourself. Try Yabla risk-free for 15 days by going to yabla.com WFG. That's yabla.com WFG, like words for granted. I've linked to it in the show notes, and you can also find a link on my website. Okay, back to the show. The first truly idiomatic usage of in a pickle, meaning a predicament or bad situation, appears in the writings of historian and clergyman John Fox. Quote, In this pickle lieth man by nature, that is, all we that be Adam's children. End quote. In modern English, that sounds a little bit silly, but the pickle he's referring to here is original sin, our inherently flawed human nature. Recall that the non-idiomatic, literal sense of the word pickle at the time referred to the brine in which foods are soaked, not to the foods themselves. But does knowing that make the meaning of this idiom any more sensible? What's the connection between a salty solution and a bad situation? Well, imagine if you were in a jar soaking up salty vinegar. Doesn't sound too pleasant, does it? In the mid-16th century, to be in a pickle would have suggested precisely this. Another take is that in a 16th century pickle, various foods would have been mixed together, and a mixed-up situation is usually a bad situation. Another variation of the idiom that was common back then but has faded away today was ill pickle. Consider this 16th century farming advice from Thomas Tusser's 500th Points of Good Husbandry. Quote, Reap barley with sickle that lies in ill pickle. End quote. In other words, the sickle, as opposed to the larger and more efficient scythe, was a better tool to cut twisted or crooked barley crops. Those twisted or crooked crops were in ill pickle. Admittedly, this is a creative linguistic stretch, but it's not impossible to see the connection. By divorcing the word pickle from a pickled food and reassociating the word with its original sense of the pickling solution, we can start to understand how the in a pickle metaphor originally emerged and became standardized as an idiom. You know, sitting in a pickle jar, original sin, crooked barley crops, same thing. However, in a pickle probably isn't an English linguistic invention. Dutch, the language from which pickle was originally borrowed, has essentially identical idioms. In de pickle gen, to be in a pickle, and yam and in de pickle gen latin, to get someone in a pickle. 
Dutch speakers, please excuse the terrible Dutch accent. These idioms date back to the 16th century, which, as we know, is also when the English phrase in a pickle begins to appear. It's likely that, in addition to the word pickle itself, the English language also imported this idiom from Dutch as a calc, or loan translation. I actually did a whole episode on calcs way back in episode 14, so check that one out if you want to learn more about calcs. The best-known example of in a pickle in early modern English comes from the best-known early modern English writer, William Shakespeare. Here is an exchange between the characters Alonso and Trinculo from 1610's The Tempest. Alonso. And Trinculo is reeling ripe. Where should they find this grand liquor that hath gilded him? How camest thou in this pickle? Trinculo. I have been in such a pickle since I saw you last that, I fear me, will never out of my bones. I shall not fear fly-blowing. Not only does Shakespeare very clearly use in a pickle in its modern sense, but he also incorporates an explicit reference to actual pickling as part of his wordplay. In some sources, the coinage of in a pickle is credited to Shakespeare, but as we've seen, this isn't the case. However, it's not unreasonable to suggest that in a pickle might have faded from usage had it not been preserved, pun intended, in one of the most popular plays in the English language. Speaking of preservation, there are a few instances in the 18th century where the term pickling, specifically the idiom in a pickle, refers to embalming corpses. Commenting on the disinterment of the three-and-a-half-century-old corpse of Thomas Buford, Duke of Exeter, the Duke of Rutland writes, quote, The corpse was done up in a pickle, and the face wrapped up in a cerecloth. End quote. By 1707, pickle had come to refer to pickled food items, much in the sense that it's used today. As I alluded to earlier, by the 19th century, the Jewish-American pickled cucumber became an increasingly popular commodity sold to non-Jewish communities, beginning in New York City and eventually spreading throughout the country. Thanks to Ashkenazi Jewish-American immigrants, it seems, the word pickle became inextricably linked to the pickled cucumber in America. All right, I hope you enjoyed today's show. Again, I'd like to remind you that if you're a regular listener and want to help keep the boat afloat, you can make a monthly contribution at patreon.com slash wordsforgranted, or you can become a member of Words for Granted on the Himalaya app. You can also make a one-time donation at paypal.me slash wordsforgranted. I also encourage you to leave a rating and review on whatever podcast player you use, because those really help the show grow and give me feedback about how I can make the show better. Find me on Twitter at at Words for Granted and Facebook as Words for Granted. And you can email me directly with questions, comments, and concerns at wordsforgranted at gmail.com. Have a great day. Talk to you soon.